0: We have hundreds of lessons with almost every aspect of the industry. Start your free month today at schoolofbookkeeping.com. Delicious. Um, mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, to another Workshop Wednesday I was brought to you by schoolofbookkeeping.com. Um, and we are uh, wrapping up our series on uh, payroll fundamentals. Uh, and you may notice that uh, normally Kate, who's with us uh, from ADP, is now being put... Uh, Not replaced, but we could never replace Kate, Uh, but uh, being played today by Elizabeth. Uh, You want to introduce yourself? Tell tell us a little bit about uh, your your role over at ADP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for um, allowing me to join in Kate's place. Um, she leaves, I'm sure big shoes to fill for me. So, um, but yes, I, um, Elizabeth Cangelo C. I am located in, um, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I work for ADP. Um, I have been, I just started my 17th year with ADP in September. Um, so I have done a lot of different things, um, Within that time frame, but most recently, the last uh, nine years, I have spent my time in our um, PEO professional employer organization um, division, uh, and uh, it's called ADP Total Source. Um, that's the name of our our PEO. So if you hear me reference Total Source, that's what I'm referencing. They're, so
0: they're 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 interchangeable.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so-
0: uh, so we appreciate you joining us for that because, you know, as we're, we, we kind of ran through this, uh, six month, uh, payroll fundamentals, uh, topics throughout, um, you know, uh, our workshop Wednesday, um, uh, series here. And, um, you know, we are talking very, very basic stuff, you know, like what is an employee, what is a deduction, you know, um, and as we get to, you know, the, the landing, uh, uh, the, the runway here, you know, we're, we're, we're finishing up this, uh, the series, you know, things start to, you know, there's always that, well, what if it's more complicated, <laughs> you know, what if my payroll is more complicated than, than, uh, is- than I've, I've hired my family to do, <laughs> you know, as my employees, you know, I don't necessarily need all these things like a, an employee handbook because, you know, uh, you know, it's just a family business and 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 those types of things. What what typically is like the trigger event that you see where things get a little bit more complicated uh, with regards to, to payroll in general?
1: Sure, sure. Great question. Gosh, so uh, you know, it has certainly changed over the last couple of years. Um, certainly, state and federal um, legislation changes and regulations have, you know, we can thank for that. Um, I would say that currently, in the current landscape that we're in, you know, after the pandemic, we have more people working remotely than ever before. Companies have had to really adapt. To this new remote work environment, um, especially to retain employees because they got a taste of it and want to keep it keep it that way. So, um, you know, a couple of things that we're seeing right now. One is uh, multi jurisdiction. So, you know, anytime you have payroll um, or are running payroll for employees in multiple states, um, it is certainly a trigger event of an area that you probably want to dip out of um, because it's incredibly complicated. Um, to, to run payroll and to keep up with the ever-changing, you know, laws, taxes, and such. Um, so that's definitely one area um, right now that we are seeing a lot of people who perhaps did it in-house before or, you know, were using a QuickBooks even or similar are looking to kind of get out of it. Um, and the other piece, one of the other major triggers, um, a couple of things, one is growth so in company you know companies that are either currently sitting in growth mode today or have projected growth plans that you know they need to get a scalable solution in place that can help them let allow them to focus on the organization the growth what needs to happen you know behind the scenes in order for that to happen so that they're not spending their time, you know, in house worrying about things like HR administration and payroll and employee onboarding and compliance. Um, so growth is certainly one of the um, one of the other trigger events that we see. Um, I would say, you know, especially with the small to medium-sized market, you are definitely um, a major trigger event is always in um, benefits uh, employer related benefit offerings. Um, you know, the, the market, the open market that we live in today with company sponsored health benefits is just so volatile. Um, you know, renewals that companies are receiving are currently trending in double digits and with this labor shortage and the great resignation as they call it, um, you know, benefits are still a very, very important, um, piece to an employee package and. Getting rid of them is really not an option, and so we are seeing that companies are really diving in and looking at all options, all you know, available options that can help them to contain costs. Um, obviously, get out of that volatile, um, you know, up and down uh, market and also be able to perhaps offer better benefits than what they have today and hopefully procure those at better rates, not only for themselves as the employer, but for the employees. Um, And so we're seeing that alongside growth and multi-jurisdiction is probably one of the third trigger events right now um, coming out of the pandemic. Um, Everybody knows there was more health insurance used those years than any carrier could have ever imagined. Um, And, you know, with coming out of the pandemic this past year, um, a lot of elective surgeries and different um, services that were put on hold are have been happening. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that is a dictation of what we're seeing in the market now with these high medical renewals that unfortunately companies are are starting to see. And we expect that to continue. So I think companies are trying to get ahead of it.
0: So, Carrie. you, you would agree with all of those things that she just said, right? <laughs> because I think you went through all three of those, uh, uh, the gamuts that, that she was talking about. Like, yes, the, all three, you check the boxes, right?
2: Yes. We actually were using the assisted QuickBooks payroll for years. I mean, ever since I launched in 2010 when CBG was born and um, and used it. And I was fine with it, but it wasn't, you know, it was really just running payroll. It wasn't giving me anything extra. And when we partnered up with Kate, I can't recommend stuff unless I'm using it. So we first started with the ADP run so we'd understand how that works, got it working. And then I was like, yeah, but I didn't even know what, honestly, what PEO was. I didn't until one of our direct leads asked well, for
0: it. I was let's, like. Let's let's talk about that again. What is what does PEO stand for? What is it? What is it actually? Different
2: from run, the run
0: Again, we want to, we want to be fundamental here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so let's
1: absolutely. Talk about what so PEO, PEO stands for professional employer okay. organization. Um, the business model has been around for many, many years. There's actually over 900 PEOs in the country. Um, okay. However, they're not all, you know, not all created equal. Um, but a PEO in, was designed to be able to help businesses um, alleviate administration and really procure um, benefit options and have technology and people support that, you know, big, large fortune companies have that they just, unfortunately, on a smaller scale, it's, it's impossible to, to get on your own, whether it be from a budget standpoint or employee headcount, you name it. Um, and essentially the easy way to, that I always say it to people is the, you are still running your business. You are the owner. You're making the decisions. You're calling the shots. Um, you, however, are leveraging ADP or any PEO for that matter on the, in the background to provide you a piece of infrastructure that manages the entire life cycle of the employee for you. Um, You're managing ADP to be the expert in all things compliance. um, And so you don't have to try to be. Um, And you're leveraging ADP for our buying power and for the ability to be able to hopefully offer a, you know, Fortune 500 caliber style benefit suite um, to your employees. So we kind of sit behind the scenes. You are still the face of the employee. Um, But that essentially it's a, and we, we share in that liability of having employees, which is pretty, um, brings a lot of value to business owners that, you know, they don't have to continue to be up to speed on everything compliance when it comes to managing employees. And we know, you know, the risk when you have employees is great. And as you continue to grow, that just becomes bigger and bigger. So I have a question. Uh,
2: Hopefully that explains it. I know Dan's going to try to say one real fast, but years and years ago, there was employee leasing. And I know this is different from it. Can you tell us the difference? Because I think that was sort of designed the same way.
1: So you get that pool of benefits. Absolutely. That's a great call out. So employee leasing was designed many, many years ago. Um, However, we are seeing that kind of diminish in the market once um, ACA Affordable Care Act came to be. And, you know, when you had 50 employees or more, you had to have health. We started to see those slowly trickle out. Um, However, employee leasing was created for companies to do just that lease employees from a company so that company made the rules they hired they fired they paid um, and the business owner you know borrowed them to do whatever job it was they needed to do but they weren't the employer of that individual um that is not what peo is um, by any means um you are still the employer um you it is a co-employment model meaning that you are still an employer adp is backing you up as the employer so at the end of the year when a w-2 is handed to an employee it has your logo your e-i-n but it does also have the adp logo or whatever peo you choose to be with Um, Mm -hmm. and so it is um, it is a co-employment model where employee leasing is totally you know you really have no your hands are tied when it comes to managing employees um, and that's a good call because a lot of times people get that very confused and um, think that the employees are no longer theirs, and that couldn't be further from the truth in a PEO model.
2: Hmm. So this is this is just a <laughs> great way to tap into the the big amount of um, of benefits. I think mm-hmm. you know, the health insurance and so forth.
0: So from so the the benefit one of the benefits of as an employer is that you get to leverage. A larger pool of resources when it comes to those other uh, those other employee benefits like health benefits and retirement plans and and, and those types of things. Am I, am I getting that Absolutely. right? Absolutely,
1: you're on the right track. So. Um, It all benefits, everything from I always say any benefit you've ever been offered at a company ever wanted at a company, um, you know, core benefits like medical, dental, vision, life, long term, short term, all the common benefits that you would expect to have if you went to work for a really large company. Um, But also um, things like, you know, and people always laugh, but pet insurance, for example, car insurance, home insurance, accident, um, cancer policies, indemnities. I mean, truly, I always say anything with the word insurance on it, the employees have access to through the PEO's pool. Um, and so again, it goes back to as well, you know, not all PEOs are created equal. So it depends how many people are in their buying pool, right? So you've got little itty bitty PEOs up to ADP, which is the largest PEO. Um, and so the buying power is a big piece to that. Obviously, the bigger you are, the more people in your, bu- in your pool which obviously lets you leverage the buying power more. So sure. it is exactly that—an um, entire suite of benefits.
0: Got it. So, um, so the the advantage to the PEO is that now there's more, you know, smaller companies that are bringing their employees into that pool, which then gives them leverage to say, hey, you know, uh, Aetna, uh <laughs> you need to lower your premiums or. You know yep. or something like that
1: right yes absolutely so um you know think about an organization with 50 employees and they're going out to the open market and trying to procure you know a medical plan um and keep the costs low you know obviously for them and their employees but also continue to be able to offer a rich medical plan um is becoming harder and harder so um, with, uh, with ADP, for example, we have over 700,000 folks across the country that make up our pool. So that's a big pool, a lot of buying power. Um, so when you're going to market to get rates at 700,000 versus 50 employees, that's a big difference. And so, yes, to your point, that is where you see um, not only the ability to join more benefits and to procure better costs, but it's a long term stabilization as well. So um, we are the, the goal is to um, contain what are typically an employer's largest expenses outside of payroll, their benefits packages and workers compensation. Um, so by being in the pool, we trend every year in single digit renewals. Um, which again, small businesses—you know—we're seeing about 19.5% in the open market on average right now, which is very difficult for a, a small to medium-sized business.
0: Um, one thing I wanted to, um, wanted to ask about the oh, so there's a so there's a term that's that's floated out by by all payroll providers, not just not just ADP this term called full service, right? <laughs> right. Full service payroll. Right. And and that means different things to different people. Uh, I think from a, you know, from a business owner's perspective, when I hear full service, I'm like, I'm out. Like I am completely out of the, out of the uh, decision process or, you know, anything like that. Maybe I'll, I'll make a few uh, uh, initial choices and then I'm done. Right. Like, what, what does, what does PEO mean in, in terms in relationship to full service payroll, or would somebody be in that boat where they'd be like, okay, well, there you go. Any, any payroll concern I, 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 I send to you.
1: (laughs) That's a really great question. Um, So I like to, you know, I always say um, within, ADP specifically, our PEO is a is a boutique division. And so I mean by that the service model um, and the full service model that you have in the PEO does look very different than what you would have on ADP run today, right? Or what you used to operate on, Carrie. Um, the service model within the PEO is a, a people support hands-on model. And just to do exactly what you mentioned, Dan, right? So. Um, There's a lot of liability in, you know, helping employees decide on things like how to do a W-4, right, or what benefits are the best benefits for them and their individual needs. Um, And so we really want to alleviate um, the employer or, you know, the employer being in the hot seat and getting those types of questions from employees. Um, And so the service model is a people support model, meaning, yes, you have a one-on-one relationship for payroll. So to your point, you know, if you were moving into a new state you've never operated in, or you have a child support garnishment in a state, you know, that you need help um, getting made, you're just sending that right through to Carrie or Liz or whoever your payroll representative is. Um, from a benefit standpoint, you know, we, um, the benefits, you um, service is responsible for doing things like helping employees get enrolled in benefits, answering questions, helping them understand different types of insurance and plans so that it's they're not coming to you. Um, they're doing the reconciliation of numbers behind the scenes, right? And so that, again, the employer isn't spending time um, reconciling different insurance bills and you know making sure that terminated people are getting off the bills and new people are coming on. Um, Third, you have someone um, that is what we call kind of loss prevention. Um, So they manage your workers' comp policy. They help you, you know, with standard operating procedures or um, trainings, evaluations, you know, you name it. OSHA compliance is a big one. Um, And then fourth and final is your account manager. That person is a human resource business partner. So very, very versed in everything HR. Um, And they do act as your quarterback of your account. And so to your point, um, you know, a a good example that I always use is the pandemic. And and when, you know, everybody had to quickly adapt to being a work from home environment, um, you know, the folks that were in ADP run. Right. And that were on our payroll solution. We, of course, provided them tons of education on all the different things, you know, PPP and all the things that they needed to know. But it was really up to them to take the bull by the horns and do what they needed to do for their organization. In the PEO model, the HR administrator or account manager not only was educating and, you know, proactively providing our clients all the information, but they, it was really more of a handhold. So they were handholding our, their clients. They were helping them actually prepare PPP documents and getting the info they needed. And um, because again, it goes back to that shared liability. So we want to make sure we have just as much skin in the game as they do as an employer to make sure that things are, um, are done correctly and obviously at the value and, and biggest benefit for the employer. So um, it is much more of a handheld service model. Um, where you do have, you know, people that you build relationships with um, and that really get to know your organization.
0: And is there any kind of like, um, you know, peace of mind that the employee, employer has like, okay, if I, if I totally mess this up, (laughs) right? Like, uh, am I, am I on the hook for, for, for something when, when you, when you're in some kind of a a PEO or, or you know when you're in the the pool right do you, does that does that provide any kind of coverage for them as a as far as a, a peace of mind type of thing
1: absolutely in so many different ways um, you know the the idea behind both with benefits and workers comp and being a part of the pool is that you are isolating yourself from things that are out of your control, right? So when you think about benefits, right? I mean, if you're a company and and you've got um, people's children or spouses on your medical plan, you have no idea if they're healthy, if they're not, if they had a major surgery, Um, all of those things are out of your control. However, those things dictate your medical or your benefit renewal year over year. So, you know, if you're a company and let's say you had, um, you know, three babies within the company that were born that were on your plan that year, that's a lot of claims. That is totally going to affect your plan the next year, um, but it's out of your control. Now, if that same thing happened under the PEO with our 700,000 plus, you are not going, that is, you are protected, right? Those three babies in your one company aren't going to affect the pool overall so there's a huge peace of mind for business owners in the sense that you know you have no control over your employees health over their dependents or spouse's health and what happens to them um and so it gives them control back and allows them to know that you know financially i know that no matter what happens this year whether it's a great year or a bad year I am not going, you know, what the number I see at the end is not going to be dictated by that because I am a part of something so much larger. My little, you know, group is not going to affect the pool. And that would be the same for workers' compensation, which is why a lot of times, you know, a lot of blue collar companies are really great fits for PEOs because their workers' comp is such a high ticket item for them, obviously. Mm. Um, And again, you know, there are going to be claims, there are going to be accidents that are out of the owner's control. And so by being a part of a much larger policy, they are isolating themselves from seeing those big jumps in uh, rates the following year if they were to have a claim against their own individual policy. So there is a lot of value, Dan, to uh, a business owner, um, a lot of peace of mind that, You know, things are going to happen and um, they're not going to they're not going to expect to, uh, you know, as I say, you know, get white knuckled when the renewal comes in every year and worry (laughs) like, oh, my gosh, you know, are we going to see a 20 percent or, you know, is the the plan going to water down? Right. I mean, that's another problem is. The rates go up, but the plans themselves become more watered down. And so you get to a point where is what you're paying for even worth it? Um, and so there, there's many benefits to that and a lot of peace of mind. And that is, again, the model behind a PEO. It's cost containment long term for businesses. Um, I always like to say, you know, it's, it's not really we don't look as ourselves as a vendor to a company, really more of a partner. Um, because typically, when groups come on to PEO, they're there for the long haul because they do see a big ROI year over year at being able to contain their two biggest expenses. Um, obviously, benefit packages and workers' comp typically outside of payroll.
0: Right. Now, as um, you know, you could speak a little bit to the to the professional accountants that that we might be be, be talking to. What kind of um, you know? benefit would they you know when when it gets a little complicated like that when they're dealing with a client that that is in this kind of situation uh can can they get themselves in trouble or could they you know could they wh- where do they fit in you know to this kind of, this this kind of situation where the company's a little bit more complex in this payroll uh, situation
1: yeah. Um, So we have um, accounting firms just like, you know, Carrie, that use this product for their own individual firms um, all the time, which is great because they see the value in it and they can then assist and help their clients. To your point, Dan, when situations arise, when they realize that things are becoming more complex or, um, you know, that they need some additional help. Um, Even a a great example um, is international, you know, back to people working all across the country. Um, Yesterday, we spoke with an accounting firm that's got a client that's got U.S.-based employees and now overseas employees for the first time. Um, and certainly that's not something an accountant wants to dabble in at all. <laughs> yeah. um, and so it's an extra tool in the pocket of the firm, the accountant, to be able to say, you know, hey, we have a solution for you. Let um, Here's why. Here's what it can do for you. And again, kind of mitigate the risk that comes with having employees um, and, you know, typically allow them, again, back to, managing their business and focusing on what they went into business to do so many times companies you know if you really stop and think about it spend so much time with what i call the day-to-day you know hr minutia um, that is not revenue generating it is not moving the business forward Um, And so uh, the accountants we find are, uh, you know, kind of that sounding board for their clients, typically the first place they go, right? I need help. Here's my situation. What do I do? Um, So in your position, being educated on it, being educated on your options, how it could be beneficial, um, you know, and and then having it in your pocket as an extra, you know, tool to be able to provide only makes you a, a better, stronger partner to your clients today.
2: Awesome. And then for the for the people that have signed up for it um, with that HR advisor, that's the person that can help them make um, make their employee manual up to date and talk through reviews for employees and that kind of cadence things to
1: absolutely
2: interact yeah. new. Um, and I think isn't there also
1: they can also help you find new talent. With something- yeah, absolutely. Yep. So everything from. Recruitment to retirement and everything in between. Um, absolutely. So, you know, it's um, whether it's kind of the, the basic side of HR that they need help with. But, you know, most people um, don't realize, but, you know, HR should be a strategic position within an organization that is talent management, managing your people, your people are your greatest asset and they directly impact your bottom line. So, so many times clients get bogged down with all the tactical side of HR that they, they're losing the aspect of the strategic side. And that's where the PEO is such a great partner because, first of all, the technology is taking care of the tactical side. It's doing all of those things for them that they perhaps were doing on their own before so that they can focus on the strategic side of HR. To your point, Carrie, they're not worried about handbooks and job descriptions and you know things of that nature they're focused on succession planning performance compensation reviews right um brand culture talent development all the things that are strategic for an organization and that truly are such an important piece but so often get put on the back burner for companies
0: Mm -hmm. and when they um you know when a bookkeeper or or accounting professional is specializing in maybe offering you know some kind of uh payroll payroll service and things get a little more complicated um you know i can i can see this as being a um you know a a you know a step back right like (laughs) this is outside of my my realm of control but when you when you are in like a a peo situation with as a business um what would be uh, an ideal situation from the business's perspective uh, with regards to, you know, um, a, a point of contact at the business to, to interface with the, with, with the PEO team, right? Would it, should it be one person should it be a team of people? I mean, I, I'm sure that could depend on the, uh, on the business itself, but, what uh, what do you find works works best?
1: Well, um, and to your point, Dan, it could be a lot of different things. The, um, the organization itself could probably, you know, dictate that. Um, I think probably a lot of times, a lot of what I've seen in my 17 years is, you know, a lot of companies, it doesn't matter if you have 20 employees or 500, they don't have, you know, huge HR departments. It's one person or two people maybe that, you know, weren't, really even hired to do a lot of the things that they're doing when it comes to employee management, they've just kind of, you know, adopted the hats over the years. Um, And so typically what we find is, you know, you have, um, you know, if it's only one person managing everything, they're typically our main point of contact and they're managed, you know, they're the ones that are communicating with their team at ADP. Um, If there is an organization that strictly, um, for example, has a a risk consultant or maybe it is a blue collar business, right? And they have an internal person that kind of manages risk and safety trainings and things of that nature. Then we do find that that person typically is a direct connect into the ADP team with the risk person. Um, So it kind of depends if they have certain specific positions within A lot of times it's one or two people and they end up communicating with all four of the different ADP, you know, service members. Um, And the accountant is a part of that too. So, you know, on you alls side of the house, you all have the ability to be linked into their account, to pull reports, to be able to help um, advise them, um, you know, anything. So you all have access to be as involved as you or the client wish for you to be as well um, when it comes to, um, direct con- contact with the group.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Carrie, any, um, any final thoughts? I think we we went over our half hour. A little
1: bit,
2: <laughs> uh, no, I just think this is a really great, and I'm, you know, we just started our, so we're still taking advantage of some of the benefits there. You made me think of some more. I didn't realize like the word. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> but it's, it's nice to, um, you know, t- you can, a- as a, Pro advisor, or an accountant, or even as a business, to be able to have access to this um, this component, so you so you can continue to grow. Because, like you say, if you're not taking care of your talent, you're going to be in a bad shape. <laughs> yeah,
0: Because if it, if the only thing in your your toolbox is uh, desktop mm-hmm. payroll for for QuickBooks, you've got assisted payroll, and that's it. And so uh, none of the things that uh, Elizabeth was talking about today. Uh, you know you, you can take advantage of um, maybe a little bit here and there um, may, you know they're starting to add some things with retirement services and those types of things but not the
1: not total source <laughs>
0: as, <laughs> as the case may be
1: <clears throat> exactly so um
0: so elizabeth thank you for joining us uh, today i really appreciate you uh, coming on and really giving us a uh, the, the a good understanding of what a PEO is, and when things get a little bit more complicated when it comes to payroll, what other options uh, are are out there. Uh, so we'll continue our workshop Wednesday, um, talking about sales tax. I think uh, we're moving to our sales tax module. So we went right from payroll to sales tax. Boy, we're we're just talking all these compliance things. Um, very <laughs> edge of your seat uh, for the <laughs> for the we workshop. Try to make
1: it
2: fun. So. <laughs> Yeah. And Dan, so if I fun, could just leave you
1: all with two facts, I think, you know, facts are, are really important. And if y'all don't hear anything else we said today, um, you know, it is um, it is proof that companies that are on PEOs today, um, the ROI of being on a PEO is 27 percent to the company. So it is very, very valuable. Um, on average, cost savings is about seventeen hundred dollars per employee a year um, by again bringing everything together. Um, you know, those are pretty strong numbers um, for a company to be able to see what the ROI is from from moving into a um, a model like this. Good awesome. points.
0: All good points. Uh, so, yes, thanks to thanks again, everyone for for joining us here today, and uh, we'll see you next time on the workshop Wednesday. Have
1: Take a great.